So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam. Um, I'm invited to speak to you today. The privilege, I make up um, 20% of the Arab community in the Adelaide Hills. <laughs> it's a true fact, actually. Uh, there's five of us. Anyway, so we're in a series um, asking for a friend. Uh, I was going to call this sermon, What You Talking About, Jesus? Uh, some of you oldies, some of the newies, uh, what are you talking about? It's a show, it was a great show, it's what you're talking about, Willis. Uh, but instead, I called it In Him, Yet All of Me. In Him, Yet All of Me. Because it's only in Him and through Him and by Him, yet somehow it requires all of us. That is God's grace. And today it's going to be about faith and works. So there's a few questions. I'll run through them quickly now and then I'll go through and answer them. Dave said 35 minutes, all right, Sam? No worries, Dave, I got this. Just for your example, the last sermon went for about 50, I reckon. <laughs> Don't tell Dave. Uh, so we'll try to get it in 35 to, in this session. So the first question comes from Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, so that no one can boast. However, James 2 verse 18 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The question, to what extent are good works the fruit of faith? And how do you do those good works as such rather than out of human hard work? Um, the Holy Spirit enables transformation. Is this transformation something the Holy Spirit does without any effort? Or does this take discipline, focus, and effort on your behalf? If you sin, if, what should you do about it? And to what extent should this verse be taken literally? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And we're going to finish off with, does reading my Bible make me a good Christian? Is it even possible to be a good Christian? Why does Jesus say no one is good except God? I want to grow in my faith and know how to read the Bible. What does that look like? Cool. So strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, bow our heads, let's pray. Lord, we know that only you are good, that we are not worthy, but because you are, Lord, you have blessed us. You have filled us with your goodness, with your grace, with your strength and with your love. Lord, I pray that I uh, move out the way and that you speak through me, that you, um, you help my voice see the end of this. Get to the end, Lord. Uh, may you open hearts, Lord, to receive your message and receive your grace. That is what we need to do, Lord, is to receive it. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, I... Um, Spent the last 15 years as a practicing Muslim. I say practicing because I was never very good at it. <laughs> I probably say practicing Christian too, maybe. Um, but the idea here is that there's a difference between believing in God and trusting in Him to follow Jesus. So there's a difference between believers. So I know people that say, yeah, man, I, I believe God. But yeah, man, I believe God. Oh, 
And they give me all these different reasons why they believe God. But I said, do you trust him? Because if you trusted him, then you read the scripture. And he says, there is no one. uh, The only way through the Father is me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I have to take that as truth. I have to trust that. No matter how I feel about it. Like, oh, but what about these guys? He's a really nice guy. He doesn't follow you. He's not going to get there. That is truth. And truth hurts. Jesus' invitation to us is to follow Him. He does the work of salvation and strengthens us in the following. In the following. It's a work of Him, yet that work demands that we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to Him. We take up our cross and follow Him. There is a cost to the following, but the cost is worth the crown. Yeah? Good, church. Louder than the last session. All right. Off to a good start. I mean, there is more of you, but that's okay. So this is such a great question. Obviously, I thank God and I think that God has a gift of grace, but it is through faith that we receive it. It is through faith. But receiving it is also a work. We have to receive it. Our salvation is not through our works because He had done it for us. So we don't work for salvation, but we work from salvation. Yeah, my man Craig gave me that one yesterday. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, Craig. Thanks, brother. We don't get saved by doing good works. We are saved by our faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. So you can't work for your salvation and you can't work to become a child of God. Like that song was saying and Lee was singing, like, He loves us. What were the words again, Lee? Yeah, the, the other one? It was like, ah, oh, you didn't even remember the words, right? It was something about loving us now more than enough. We can't be loved more. Uh, it'll, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Isn't that crazy? So uh, I was a Muslim uh, and I wasn't a very good one. So I talk about being a no pork Muslim. Uh, And what that meant is we drank, we smoked, we went out, we partied, but we didn't eat pork. (laughs) I'm serious. Your mates, well, my mates would get more angry if I was eating a bacon cheeseburger deluxe than if I was drinking alcohol. It was crazy. What are you doing, bro? What are you eating? It's just pepperoni. Shh. Okay? (laughs) Stuff for the law. That's what they used to say. Anyway, so (laughs) through um, the Islamic faith, it was a lot about works. It was a lot about what I did. It was a lot, you know, praying five times a day. I told the story before. It was this crazy thing that when you take off your shoes at somebody's door, if your shoe was left upwards, they would get angry because the bottom of your sole of your shoe is facing God. And that was disrespectful. And if someone came up to me before, I can't remember who it was. And they, uh, it was Dan, actually. And he said, isn't that crazy that, you know, in the Islamic faith, you couldn't have your shoe turned upwards because you'd be facing God. But Jesus took off your shoes and washed your feet. Not by our works, by His grace and by His love and by His goodness, right? Through my own works, I was trying to quit certain substances, drugs and alcohol. I went through man trying to do it. I went through my own works and through my own works, I quit. It probably lasted two to six months at best. And then I'll fall back into it. By the grace of God, He gave me a wife with a very strong faith and even greater patience. Uh, 
And I would find myself there and there again, it would become more frustrating. My wife finally prayed to the Lord and she gave it to the Lord. She said, we've been going to man for so long through our works. Let me give it to the Lord. And then she found an ex-gangster turned pastor in Sydney. Yeah, it's exactly what I needed. And she said, you're going to Sydney and you're going to meet this guy. Now, I didn't go there to become a Christian, okay? This is the grace of God. I didn't go there to become a Christian. I went there to get, well, to get help. I went to this guy's church. I sat in the front. Now, I always make this joke, but you never see people sitting in the front, do you? They're always the pastors or people in the band, right? Nobody of the church sits in the front row. I realize now why, but I sat in the front row and they started praying and he's talking about all these things and want to be helped. They said, who wants to be helped? Put your hand up. So a bit of work there. I put my hand up. He said, came over to me, touched me on the shoulder, said, hey, brother. I said, yeah, mate. He said, come to the front. I said, what for? He said, we want to help you. I said, can't you help me right here, mate? Why do I need to go in front of all these people? Okay. Now, in James verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 20, he says, Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works. And by his works, faith was made complete. And that scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without works is dead. You see, I had to choose him. He chose me. He chose me and I had to receive him. Because I know people that currently, my cousin, he's being chosen and he's like, no, not yet. He's actually scared. He rang me crying, all right? Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I asked for a sign and he gave me a nod. Now I can't, now I'm going. That's what it was like. So there's an element. He's given us an element of that. Good works matter because they are proof of our faith. Not to make you better than anybody else. No, oh, see what I did? Yes, I gave. I see all these kids on uh, Instagram now, you know, they're giving and they go and help people and they go on camera like, oh man, here you go, a thousand bucks. Yeah, go get a haircut and food. And they get a thousand likes for it. You know, that's not what we're talking about here, right? Our faith, uh, without works that substantiate our faith, our faith is meaningless. You don't have to strive in a legalistic manner to do the things that impress God. You cannot impress God. Your righteousness should be a natural byproduct of the work God is doing in you. Amen? Yeah. The Holy Spirit enables transformation. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 that God has granted to Christians the ability to either restrict or release what the Spirit does in the life of the church. The Spirit comes as fire either to be fanned into full flame and given the freedom to accomplish His will or to be doused and extinguished by the water of human fear, control, and incorrect theology. I never knew who or what the Holy Spirit was. Okay, I had no idea. When I arrived at the church in Sydney and they asked if I wanted to help, they tapped me on the shoulder, I went up to the front. Three guys stood next to me. Okay, and I was like, oh, great, here we go. And the guy started praying in tongues. I'd never heard that before in my life. Some of you, I don't know where you stand. My father-in-law, he's a Baptist. He's like, no, no, right? But anyway, I'm telling you, I have heard it and I have felt it. 
And the Holy Spirit came over me. I'm getting goosebumps right now telling you. Like nothing I can explain. And the guy put his hand on my shoulder. Right, Tony Hong, if you're watching this, you will watch this later because I'll send it to you. Uh, He put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Sam, Jesus forgives you. And I started crying uncontrollably. Now, I love crying. I'm a crier. I am. Amen. But I never cried like that in my life. It was uncontrollable. All the stuff that I'd done was just coming out of me, was just pouring out of me. And I was trying to man up like, it just kept coming. That was the Holy Spirit. Okay? When I gave my life to Him about three weeks later, after He came and kept showing me crazy signs, I won't get into it on this one. He showed me some crazy signs and I rejected it. I was like, nah. And then He gave me a book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. And I was like, oh. And by works, I bought it. And by works, I read it. And then by works, I went, oh my gosh, I think this is the path for me. And so I chose that path. I gave my life to Him and I prayed for Him to take all the things away. When I tell some Christians, they say, you didn't do that, did you? I said, yeah, this is what I did. I got on the floor and said, hey, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, you better take all this from me right now. And if you do, I'll be your best disciple. Five years later, by the grace of God, I'm standing on a stage (laughs) preaching to the church. Are you joking? Now, he does the transformation. My cup had to be empty and, and had to be wanting to be filled. You see, I had to let go of everything. This is the problem. Sometimes we don't want to let go of things. We say, yes, all of me, God. Oh, not that part. But this part, God. And then we go, why isn't you doing what you're meant to be doing? That's because I gave him everything, all right? Emptied the cup. Take it all, Lord. He gives power to us to witness. Everywhere I went, I was telling people about Jesus. Everywhere. And people come up to me, Sammy, bro, how'd you get rid of this? How did you stop that? I said, it wasn't me, bro. It was God. It wasn't me, bro. It was Jesus. They're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, how'd you do it? I said, I don't think you heard me. It wasn't me. It was Jesus. I didn't just drop Islam and come to Christianity because, oh, I felt like it. I did not want to do that. I wanted to stay as a Muslim. There was culture embedded in that. The Arabic of Quran, like, I love that. But this is the path he chose for me to go on. All right? It was hard. We have to understand some of these Jews that were practicing back in the day that dropped everything, hundreds of years of culture and tradition and religion to follow this man, Jesus. That had to have been a transformation of the Holy Spirit. That can't have just been a man. They wouldn't have left lost their livelihoods for just a man. Paul, who was Saul, who was persecuting him, killing them, you know, part of the stoning of uh, Stephen then let's all that go and follows Jesus and writes a third of the New Testament. Are you joking? That is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Amen. This could be nothing but the transformation of the Holy Spirit. Now, yes, there is some effort on our behalf. Okay. When I became a Christian for the first six months, I got challenged, smashed, man. Crazy things happened. Lost my job, hit by a car, hit and run, lost my car, lost my best friend to suicide. Crazy stuff. The old me would have gone the old vices, the alcohol and the drugs to deal with this pain. The new me went to the Word. The new me went to prayer. The new me was on my knees all the time. Muslims prayed five times. I prayed seven times. Right? Every time I'd ride my bike, I had the guy on new version Bible app, James 1, chapter 1. Right? And I'm like, what 
is this, man? This has to be the Holy Spirit. It can't have been me. I mean, I'm a hip-hopper, R&B, like that. And now I'm listening to this stuff. I used to laugh. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Has to be the Holy Spirit, right? It was craziness. Um, you know, I, I laughed in the first one, but my, my brother and my cousins or friends will come over and they'll hear me playing some music that I listen to today. They look at me like, who are you, bro? What is this? My brother pays me out all the time. That is not me. That is the Holy Spirit, you know? He has also shown me a new path of gospel gangster. So there is gospel gangster music. Thank the Lord for that. That's why he made me a Christian in 2016 instead of, you know, not to take anything away from your beautiful hymns, I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know. (laughs) Uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, He gives us uh, power, love, and self-discipline, so receive it. I did not go to any of my friends' parties in the first six months of becoming a Christian. Why? Because I knew what was going to be there. God didn't save me for me. Okay, go back to that world. No, until my, my faith became stronger. The first sermon I preached was on Daniel chapter 3. He didn't put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the big furnace in chapter 1. He, 30 years later in chapter 3, because he took them through the small fires. They had to build, develop their faith, develop their discipline so you could go to the bigger fire. And that's what he does in our lives. So we have to step out in faith as well. Not just about reading the word, but you've got to step out. Go, okay, I trust you, God. That's what faith is, believing in the unseen. You don't, if you knew, then it's in your strength, not in his, right? Okay, this question was a good one. If you sin, what should you do about it? Now, I'm not sure about you guys, but any of you sin? Only one. Bless you, sister. Good on you. Now, I will just correct this because I did say the same. Robin was the only one who put up his hand in the first service. And I said, good on you, Robin. And he said, don't congratulate me for singing. <laughs> so that's not what I'm doing, but I'm congratulating you for bring it to the light. Okay? So um, repent means to turn away from. Of course, in our flesh, we are still sinners. Because if I'm left to my own vice, I will make... I will sin over and over again, not because I just want to, because it's in the flesh. But with Him and through Him, we have been cleansed. It is His grace. He took those things away from me. And there were many other things entangled in that web. Some of them still try to pop up their ugly heads. But I declare victory over those things. I confess to one another in prayer. We're like We bring, the enemy wants us to keep that stuff in the dark. You know why? So he can have a hold on you. You understand? When you bring it to the light, that's where God can do the work on it. When I brought everything to the surface, I said, take it from me, Lord. I brought everything. When we're in the gym, we're praying. You know, we confess, hey, I've been struggling with this. I mean, why? Because you tell your brother and sister and they pray for you. That is the key. You all think you come to church, you've got to be your best. No, we come to church because we're broken and we need the best. Right? There was, a fo- there was a famous poet by the name of Marshall Mathers III. A.K.A. Eminem. That's right. Some of you oldies, oh, it sounds like a beautiful poet. Yes. yes. It really is. But I tell you this because in a rap battle, I used to rap, right? And in battles, what would happen is you would, if, you were, if they were like real big battles, like you knew a week away that you're going to battle somebody, you would go find out all the goss 
all the stuff they keep in the closet and you'd put that in your wrap. So when you got on stage, you pay that person out in front of everyone. That was the whole point of a battle. Eminem did something that no other rapper did. What he did is he brought all his stuff out of the dark into his own rap. So in his rap, he basically told the world about how crappy and terrible his life was and the things he went through and brought them to the light. And I had this picture. That's what we need to do. Because when we leave it in the dark, the enemy loves it. He owns it. When we bring it to the light, not, it allows other people to take off their masks too. I go, I'm broken too. There's healing and restoration in that. In the light only. And we need to bring it to the surface. When you bring in the dark to the light, that is where the Lord will overcome it. And the whispers of the enemy no longer own you. All right? Um, uh, who says it? John. John says, we have sinned. Because sin dwells inside us. It's our own desires that will tempt us. But having sin in our body does not mean we have to give in to the sin, to the temptations. It is only when the desire uh, comes out and we act upon that, that we have sin. My Muslim brothers used to say to me, oh, bro, it's easy to be a Christian man. You do whatever you want and just ask for forgiveness and you're good. I'm like, it's actually not that easy. We don't have the structure of Islam. Pray five times a day, you know, morning, lunchtime, afternoon, sunset. Like they've got a, uh, an alarm clock that will sing the Quran and that's when you've got to go do that. You've got to go do that on the Friday. You know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. That, that. When you're fasting and somebody's eating in front of you, rather than you be like, oh, sorry, brother, I won't eat. In front. No, 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 stay eating in front of me because I get hasanet. That's an Arabic word. It means like gold stars. You see? There's angels on their shoulders that are recording everything that they do, good and bad. And if I'm doing good by fasting and you're eating, that's giving me bonus points. Next level, bro. <laughs> I'm not joking. All right? This is serious. This is what we've been raised with. Like, this is what we've been taught. And I said to him, um, we don't do... Like, it's not like, like I had this picture, right? There's two guys, one that's doing the right thing all the time and living a good life and gets to heaven. And the other one who's lived sinfully his whole life, gets to the end of his life, accepts Jesus and sees that guy in heaven too. It's like, what are you doing here? I knew what sort of life you lived. That is very humbling. That is what the picture I see. Now, the fruit on earth, that man is gonna see better than the other man, Right? That's what it's about. Like I live through works through my faith. So I want to plant the seeds in other people's hearts through what God has done in my life. I get that experience what the other guy does not on earth. But in heaven, he loves us both. I said to my Muslim brother one time, he pulled me up on a roundabout. I hadn't seen him in years. And he obviously knew that I was a Christian. I didn't go out and tell everybody, by the way. I didn't do a Facebook post. But he knew and I could tell. I was like, oh, here we go. So I pulled over. He's got a big beard. And we started talking one hour on the side of the road. Boom, 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 boom. He's bombarding me with Islam, Islam. I said, listen, man, the man who has had experience with Jesus need not worry about the arguments against Jesus. I, you can't tell me that Jesus is not real and he's not the way. I'm sorry. An angel could come down and be like, rebuke you. <laughs> I would. Right? And I told this guy, listen, mate, if your son or daughter got an A, would you love them anymore? And he said, oh, you know, I'd be proud. I said, no, no, that's not what I said. I said, would you, if, or if they failed, would you love them any more or any less? And he said, no. I said, exactly. That is God. He doesn't love us any more or any less. 
but it's for Him that we want to do the good work. It's for Him that we want to turn away from the sin. And when we sin, repent, come back to it. I still got a thing called anger. It's like through my family, okay? And when I get angry, I do something my father never did. Apologize. <laughs> 33 years, my father never said sorry once, man. I know, it's crazy, okay? Not once. And I, my mom only told me that recently. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, not once. And there was a lot of times for him to be sorry for, <laughs> trust me. It's like, oh, he must have been a very good man. Uh, he is a good man, if there is such a thing. Um, but just had that anger, right? Um, and this is what the grace of God is all about. No one comes to an overcoming life except by the grace of God. For it is by His grace that chastens, chastens us to live soberly, righteously, and God-fearing in the present world. Therefore, the person who attains such a life attains it only by the grace of God and not through his own strength. Everything is by the grace of God. The grace for the others, the grace of God is in vain. Abraham and Sarah, okay, were promised a child. God gave me this picture. He said, when Abraham and Sarah stopped trusting me, they believed, but they didn't trust. They went to Hagar, their maid. Hajar means rock in Arabic. And they said, Hajar, let's get married and we'll have a baby. That's through man's work. You see? Man's work created Ishmael. Ishmael was the forefather of the Arab nations, of the Muslim nation, through man. And it's no coincidence that Islam is through works and that they have 99 names for God, except for father. The boy was pushed out to Medina with Hagar, his mum, and lived, raised fatherless. This is craziness, man. Okay? Then, because Sarah was old and didn't think that she could give birth, Isaac was born. God's promise, God's grace, God's work. One is through man's work, one is through God's, you see? Right? And he's the upline of Jesus. I struggled my vices for over 15 years. In my strength, I had given up. I was at rock bottom. And giving him all my everything, he had to, expecting it to be taken, I knew who he was. And I will always be grateful for his grace. Just because of what he's done. His strength, my weakness, undeserved. Most people have no understanding of this period of being broken down. Instead, they lose courage and give up. Abraham did not grow weak in faith when he considered that by the very laws of nature, it was impossible for him and Sarah to have a child. He understood that if it did not happen solely because of the grace of God, the glory would not belong solely to God. If this is the path you want me to take, reveal yourself to me. Take this from me and I will be your greatest disciple. This is what I said to God. If it is all by the grace of God, then it is all victory. For where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. It just keeps going back. It's grace, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace. Now, that's from Romans uh, 6.14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. 
for you are not under law, but under grace. This is a promise of speaking over the whole church, Lord. The whole church needs to hear this. Now, the last one. How am I going? Not bad, Sam, not bad. Does reading my Bible make me a good Christian? If there is such a thing, why does Jesus say no one is good except God? I want to grow in my faith and know how to read my Bible. What does that look like? All right, I saw this great, it was so perfect. It was on Friday actually that I saw it. And it said, stop tooth decay, brush your teeth. Stop truth decay, read your Bible. Yeah, I thought you liked that one. Can't claim it wasn't mine, but God put it in my, in my face, in my sign. I was like, that's good. Took a photo, put it down. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of God, but it also comes from stepping out in faith. You see, it's like this, almost like, what's that word? Uh, catch 22, almost. Like, I'm reading, okay. Uh, no, you don't have faith yet till you step out. That's why it's only a lamp to our feet, one step at a time. It's not like a high beam torch. Otherwise, you'd be able to go wherever you want. Okay, Lord, what's my next step? That's literally how it was. Faith comes through hearing the Word. Now, I had, we live in a digital world now. Uh, reading plans on the Bible apps, I love it. People say, oh, where should I start in the Bible? I'm like, go to a reading plan about a topic you really want to read or you want to know about, anxiety, depression, um, stronger in my faith, whatever it is, there's thousands of plans on these Bibles. And each plan has a devotion, and then it has some Scripture for the plan. So when I read the Scripture, then I just go to the Bible and read the chapter. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's so good. I'm telling you, God made me a Christian in the best time possible. It's amazing. Now, I also love to put myself in the picture. I'm a very visual creature. So I'm watching all that I can about Jesus back in the day, about his apostles back in the day. Two great ones. There's one on Netflix called Kingdom AD. Literally starts with the crucifixion of Jesus. And what happens after that follows his disciples. Brilliant. And then the other one is a special one. It's on an app. It's called The Chosen. You seen The Chosen? How good is it? Mate, I cry when I watch it. I'm just like, number one, they've got his skin color right. (laughs) That's what Jesus would have looked like. I think, God, I'm not sure, but I'm assuming. Okay? And we can just really like start to resonate with these characters. Like they're broken, like Peter in it. He's like all in in his own strength. You know, it's all about him. He's lying to his wife. He's trying to do things in his way. You know, he comes to the boat. His brother's telling him about Jesus. Oh, the teacher is here, the Messiah. He's like, whatever, you're an idiot. They come to the boat. They've been fishing all night to pay back the Roman debt. They they caught nothing. He comes to the shore, sees Jesus. Jesus is like, hey, man, just cast your net one more time. He's like, listen, man, (laughs) I'm the fisherman. I don't even know who you are. I've cast it all night, okay, dude? Like, I'm not throwing it in. He's like, throw it in one more. He throws it in one more. The whole boat almost sinks. The fish come out of nowhere and fill the nets. They're going to tear the nets, you see? So there's a bit of work in the faith because if he didn't throw the net, that wouldn't have happened. So he wants to meet us halfway. He's like, hey, throw the net. One more time, man, one more time, right? Then Peter was like, Gosh, you are the Messiah. And he was his best disciple. Even he denied Jesus three times. 
So what do you think you're going to do? You didn't walk with Jesus. You didn't see him come back to life. You're reading about it. So go easy on yourself. You know what I mean? It's okay. Okay. So <laughs> 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So maybe sometimes that's why we don't read the Bible as much. Oh, mic drop, yeah. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. So I, got, I found 10 reasons why you should read your Bible just in case you didn't have any. Here's 10. Number one, reading the Bible shows us God's character. It reveals to us the answers to our questions about God. The problem with the world is they don't know the Bible enough, but they're telling us who God is. How do you know? I love Jesus, but I don't know about God. That's what people say to me. Yeah, I love Jesus. I follow him, but God, you know. I'm like, no, no. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen my father. Oh, you didn't know that because you don't read the Bible. Number two, reading the Bible teaches us to imitate God, to imitate Jesus, right? He says, uh, Peter comes up to him, oh, oh, how many times should we forgive somebody who sinned against us? Seven times? I'm not going to forgive him on the eighth time. Jesus said seven. No, 70 times seven, meaning a whole lot of times, man. And if that's Jesus telling man should forgive, then how much do you think God forgives? We're just forgiving somebody else. He's forgiving his children. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to go out and do it because we know we're going to get forgiveness. But we understand Jesus' grace, God's grace, and we imitate him by reading it. Ephesians 5 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. See, I got this thing. Hurt people hurt people. Whole people heal people. And the only way we get whole is letting Him fill our holes. Ah, yeah, I like it. I like it. That didn't come out in the first one, so that's good. That's good. Number three, reading the Bible helps us discover our next step. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So I need your word to know my next step. Not my will, your will. How do I know your will? By reading your word. How much easier could he make it? Right? It's crazy. Number five, or number four, reading the Bible keeps us from sin. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's Psalm 19. I don't know if you know who wrote Psalm 119. Do you know who wrote the Psalms? Who was it? David, beast of a man, yeah? Took out Goliath with a stone and a sling. Yet he was one of the worst sinners. I was like, David, how could you do that, bro? That's your mate, that's your brother, or that's your whatever it was. I can't remember the story. It was pretty bad. Yes, I should. I definitely should. So you see? Please don't think that I'm up here because I'm any better than you, all right? Clearly, Brian knows the Bible way better than me. Right? 
I want to learn as much as I can about him. So I put myself outside of my comfort zone. I love talking, but this is uncomfortable. The enemy whispered to me all week, who are you, bro? You're not worthy. No, I'm not, but he is. Who was it, Brian? By the way, who was it? He slept with the wife. Uh, Uriah, see? Yeah. Uriah. All right. (laughs) Number five, reading the Bible helps us to renew our minds so we can know God's will. Romans 12 verse two, it's my favourite. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can test God's will. His perfect and pleasing will. But you don't know that unless you're reading His Word. Reading the Bible, number six, allows us to be certain of what God has said. The Bible is our final authority. Somebody told me the other day, bro, you better go to all the uh, old bookshops and op shops and find all the dictionaries and all the Bibles that you can. Why? Because they are changing the truth right before our eyes, people. Go online. Where's the truth? I mean, I'm not going to... Duck, duck, go is way more than Google. Let me tell you, okay? Just for those who don't know what duck, duck, go is, go find out. We need to understand His truth. We are sanctified by His truth. So we need to read His truth. His Word is truth. Number seven, uh, number six, um, reading the Bible allows us to receive the desires of our heart. If we remain in Him and His words remain in us, whatever we wish, it will be done. That does not mean, you know, uh, f- five, five bedroom, five acres, five whatever I want. That's about what His will is for us. And it's going to look different for each of us. It's not going to be the same. Right? right now, we're going through a hard time right now. There's some big challenges on my life. And I'm, I'm feeling cold to not go down this path. That's what God's got for me. People are looking at me like, are you crazy? You've worked so hard to build this up. Man, this is what God's telling me to do. When I, was, when I first became a Christian, I was praying all the time. Like I said to you, Muslims are playing five times. I was playing seven, man. I was like, yeah, I'm going to up them. Every time I was riding my bike, I was listening to the Word. I was, pre- I was just listening and reading. And I heard God's voice. He told me one day, catch the bus. I was riding my bike down to a breakfast. He said, catch the bus. Clearly, I was like, what the heck? Is that you? He said, catch the bus. I said, no worries. Jumped on the bus, had breakfast, left, walking up the parade. He said, walk. There was a bus stop right there. He said, walk. I said, okay. So I walked. I sat at the next bus stop. And just before this, the day before, I was praying about heaven and hell. Like, God, you know, I love what you've done in my life. But, you know, heaven and hell, like, really? It's like, is it here? Like, and I sat at this bus stop and within 30 seconds, a guy came to the bus stop, hobbling on, scr- on crutches. He had been hit, hit and run and left for dead 20 years earlier. I said, I'm sorry to hear that, man, blah, blah, blah. He said, that's okay, brother, because it's real. I was like, what did he say? I said, uh, I'm sorry, man. What, what did you say? He said, God showed me heaven and it's real. I said, why did you just tell me that? I mentioned nothing about faith, nothing about God, nothing. And you just told me that. We started talking, telling him my story and what I was just praying about. That's what God does. He reveals that to you. Because I'm in the Word. 
Reading the Bible is how we learn about the gospel. We study the scriptures. These scriptures testify about him and about how we can come to him. Reading the Bible gives us courage. And courage is not the absence of fear, but it's doing something when fear is present anyway. That's courage. Yeah, there is scared. I am scared. And that's why I'm going to rely on you. If I wasn't scared, I'd be relying on me. And reading the Bible helps us to be fruitful. Band, you can come up. Psalm, we're in Psalms. Psalm 1, verse 2 to 3. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord? And who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. When we look back at some of these guys, we go, oh, I wish I could you know, pray in tongues. I wish I could prophesy. I wish I could have dreams. I'm like, do you know that if I went to the gym once a week, I would not get stronger. If I ate a salad once a week, I would not get healthier. Yet what we're doing is reading the Word or coming to be filled once a week and expecting to be like the, like the apostles, like the disciples were. No way. I read a story about a guy who was cleaning toilets in a German prison and the German prison, uh, the the... Uh, army were using, they ran out of toilet paper, they were using Bible to wipe. And he would find pages and he would clean them up and dry them out and keep them. One page, yet we have books and books of the Bible and we don't cherish it like that. These people are under persecution. They can't even come together like this. And yet they're growing and growing. They're seeing miracles. They're dreaming dreams. They're having visions. They're prophesying. Why? Because they're seeking Him more and more and more. Because they're relying only on Him and not on themselves. When she says, you know, God only says no one is good except God, there's a few reasons for this. It says, what must I do to inherit the eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. He's actually having a little crack here. So a couple of people say that he's saying to the guy, ah, so you realise I am God because you're calling me good, right? And the other thing is he's saying, um, uh, it's a lesson. He's rebuking the man for calling him good and thereby denying, well, people thought that was denying his, his deity. No, he's using a penetrating question to push the man to think through his own words, to understand the concept of Jesus's goodness and especially the man's lack of goodness. The young ruler went away sad, says in Mark 10, 22, because he realised that although he had devoted himself to keeping the commandments, he had failed to keep the first and greatest. Love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. See, the man's riches were more worth more to him than God. And then he was not good in the eyes of God. When Jesus said, leave everything and follow me, the guy sort of turned away and left. Oh, no, nah. thanks, mate. He's telling us to drop everything and follow Him. Jesus' lesson is the goodness flows not from a man's deeds, but rather from God Himself. He invites man to follow Him. And the only means of doing good by God's ultimate standard. 
When one considers Jesus is drawing a distinction between man's goodness and God's goodness, it becomes clear that following Jesus is good. So what we need to do, blessing instead of cursing, forgiving instead of resenting, and loving instead of judging. I have this great saying, I forget who says it, but he said this. He said, man shall not be judged by the harvest he reaps, but by the seeds he sows. God is calling us all to sow some good seeds. So church, the message for us all today is, do your best and let God do the rest. Amen. Thanks so much. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.